right, here we are for, well, number three of three. It's the VU Triple Play, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The, the VU, it just keeps on rolling. Welcome, everybody. It is the voice of one. This is VU 61 for Wednesday, January 13, year of our Lord, 2021. Well, today's main topic, obviously, the impeachment. In this case, impeachment 2.0. Well, yes, it's a historic day. It'll be in the history books forever. It'll be uh, studied or at least noted by uh, folks that study such things for as long as America exists. And uh, that's it, that Donald J. Trump was impeached not once but twice. Historic. The... um, the other historic thing, though, uh, and I, I have to admit this uh, almost takes it to another, another level of historicity, at least in my mind, and that is that Donald J. Trump ha- has been impeached twice when twice there has been a transcript that exonerates him. <laughs> you remember, they, he was impeached the first time over a phone call to Ukraine, uh, and they had the transcript, and the transcript exonerated him. Now, they are uh, impeaching him once again, and they are saying that he, well, Chuck Schumer, I remember, came out, uh, I think, on Thursday and had an impromptu press conference in which he accused the president of, of uh, whipping up the crowd into a frenzy. Well, anyway, now in legal terms, they are, they are saying that the president incited an insurrection. That's, that's the charge. And once again, there is a full transcript, a full transcript, which, once again, will exonerate him. Now, moments ago, in fact, I had to pause in um, getting this out to you. Moments ago, the president released a video message that I'm going to play in full because you need to hear everything he said. And after that, I'm going to come back. I'm going to give you my thoughts on his remarks. We'll take a brief break, and then I'll come back with my thoughts on impeachment 2.0. But uh, for now, here is the message that the President of the United States released just moments ago. Take a listen. My fellow Americans, I want to speak to you tonight about the troubling events of the past week. As I have said, the incursion of the U.S. Capitol struck at the very heart of our Republic. It angered and appalled millions of Americans across the political spectrum. I want to be very clear. I unequivocally condemn the violence that we saw last week. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. Making America great again has always been about defending the rule of law, supporting the men and women of law enforcement, and upholding our nation's most sacred traditions and values. Mob violence goes against everything I believe in and everything our movement stands for. 
No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. No true supporter of mine could ever disrespect law enforcement or our great American flag. No true supporter of mine could ever threaten or harass their fellow Americans. If you do any of these things, you are not supporting our movement. You are attacking it, and you are attacking our country. We cannot tolerate it. Tragically, over the course of the past year, made so difficult because of COVID-19, we have seen political violence spiral out of control. We have seen too many riots, too many mobs, too many acts of intimidation and destruction. It must stop. Whether you are on the right or on the left, a Democrat or a Republican, there is never a justification for violence. No excuses, no exceptions. America is a nation of laws. Those who engaged in the attacks last week will be brought to justice. Now I am asking everyone who has ever believed in our agenda to be thinking of ways to ease tensions, calm tempers, and help to promote peace in our country. There has been reporting that additional demonstrations are being planned in the coming days, both here in Washington and across the country. I have been briefed by the U.S. Secret Service on the potential threats. Every American deserves to have their voice heard in a respectful and peaceful way. That is your First Amendment right. But I cannot emphasize that there must be no violence, no law-breaking, and no vandalism of any kind. Everyone must follow our laws and obey the instructions of law enforcement. I have directed Federal agencies to use all necessary resources to maintain order. In Washington, D.C., we are bringing in thousands of National Guard members to secure the city and ensure that a transition can occur safely and without incident. Like all of you, I was shocked and deeply saddened by the calamity at the Capitol last week. I want to thank the hundreds of millions of incredible American citizens who have responded to this moment with calm, moderation, and grace. We will get through this challenge just like we always do. I also want to say a few words about the unprecedented assault on free speech we have seen in recent days. These are tense and difficult times. The efforts to censor, cancel, and blacklist our fellow citizens are wrong, and they are dangerous. What is needed now is for us to listen to one another, not to silence one another. All of us can choose, by our actions, to rise above the rancor and find common ground and shared purpose. We must focus on advancing the interests of the whole nation, delivering the miracle vaccines, defeating the pandemic, rebuilding the economy, protecting our national security, and upholding the rule of law. Today, I am calling on all Americans to overcome the passions of the moment 
and join together as one American people. Let us choose to move forward united for the good of our families, our communities, and our country. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. All right, encouraging words from our President, Donald J. Trump. Now, as he was speaking, as I was listening along with you, there are some things that just stood out to me. I just want to mention a couple of those things. First of all, of course, he, he spoke to all of America, but there was a subset of people he was speaking to. I don't know if you picked up on that. Because he spoke about our movement and who's part of the movement and who's not part of the movement. And uh, part of what rules you in or out is do you do you have our values, the values of our movement? So he then articulated the values of our movement, which exclude violence, and they exclude property damage, and they exclude uh, disrespecting and disobeying law enforcement, those kinds of things. Then he also spoke about, and I thought this is one of the most interesting parts, he spoke about the agenda of the movement going forward. And he spoke about it so matter-of-factly, like, he, like the, the, these are policy initiatives. And he spoke about these initiatives as though, man, he was just going to be enacting these things starting next week. <laughs> uh, did you hear that? I mean, so, uh, yes, I mean, he's just laying out uh, the agenda of a movement uh, going forward. So then... He, he called on uh, or called out, I think, the danger of silencing voices at the very time when we really need to be listening to each other. Now, by the way, I, and, by, and when he said that, I, I had the most interesting thought because we've been lectured now for about a year on the need to listen more closely, right? To listen more closely to others. And uh, so I thought it was interesting that he picked up on that, that theme and said, uh, hey, it's hard to listen when you can't hear uh, the voices that have been silenced. Uh, he then um, mentioned, of course, the, the movement's respect for law enforcement, uh, talked about uh, the things he had done to safeguard uh, the Capitol next week. And then he spoke about the possibility of other... Um, um, other protests or other rallies, uh, Trump rallies, somewhere around the nation uh, in the la next week or two. And he did not call those off. He said, he emphasized that you have a First Amendment right to those rallies, but you must be peaceful, right? It's a peaceful assembly, and that you must obey and respect law enforcement as you do it. So I, I just thought it was a very interesting uh, address to the nation, and I thought, and, and and I don't know if it was carried by mainstream media. My guess is they didn't. Maybe they played little excerpts of it tonight instead of playing the whole thing, um, which is kind of remarkable in itself when really what America needs uh, is, uh, part of the criticism is, well, we don't, we're, we're not hearing from you. Well, here he is. He, he, he made the statement, and one of many statements, by the way, he's made, uh, whether by Twitter or by video, whatever. But anyway, um, but my last thought was this, and this is like a very secondary level thought, 
but nevertheless, just looking at the man and listening to him, I'm just amazed. When I think about all that he's been through for the last five years, and especially the last week and today, uh, when he's impeached for a second time, I'm telling you, the guy just looks as, as refreshed as just, just somebody who's been invited over for a dinner party. And I mean, he just seemed as relaxed, seemed as refreshed, uh, and, and his, his countenance, his voice, it, um, it, it really looks like to me that, that uh, I, I'll just say it's remarkable. I'll just say that. It, it's just remarkable to me that uh, that there is a man with that much stamina to hold up uh, against the unceasing onslaught uh, that has come his way. Now, all right, so um, I'll be right back in just a moment. Here's what I want to do. I want to just speak uh, for a little bit about uh, uh, the events of today, impeachment 2.0, uh, and just kind of my thoughts about it. So hang on just for a moment. We'll take a brief break, and I'll be right back. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Um, we're talking about impeachment 2.0 uh, on this historic day, this Wednesday, January 13, 2021. will go down in the history books as the day when Donald J. Trump was impeached for a second time. So uh, it's a sad day. It's a divisive day, in my view. And it's, it's a day that's rooted in a five-year crusade. Uh, to lash out and uh, do everything to nullify and remove Donald J. Trump. And by Nancy Pelosi's own words on 60 Minutes just a couple days ago, uh, this impeachment effort is an effort whose primary aim is to be sure that Trump cannot run for office again. That's the goal. It's not to punish him for uh, anything that they're, they're being alleged for. It is to make sure that he is out of the way and they don't have to deal with him anymore. He cannot run for public office anymore. So that's the real goal. Now, what I want to do is um, I want to I gather my thoughts on this uh, and, and do so by walking through kind of the chronology that got us to right where we are. I'm talking about the post, last, after last Wednesday, what, what has begun to unfold. Uh, and I'm going to start with a demand that Pelosi made. Uh, but hang on just for a second. I'm going to take a, uh, a swig here. Storyville coffee. All right, uh, folks, um, it, it, this, whole, this whole thing, the post-riot uh, post, uh, uh, event, started with Nancy Pelosi demanding that Vice President Pence lead the cabinet in the uh, invoking of the 25th Amendment to remove the president from office. That's, that's an amendment that says that if the president becomes incapacitated, uh, if, if he's incapable of, of uh, conducting the duties, then the 25th Amendment can be invoked and then uh, that, that happens. It has to be, the, pre the vice president has to be involved in that uh, and then also the majority of the cabinet. Now, she demanded, Nancy Pelosi, 
demanded that Pence do that and remove uh, Trump from office, or if not, they would proceed with impeachment uh, articles. So uh, Vice President Pence refused to do that, and he responded uh, in a letter to uh, Nancy Pelosi, which is, of course, the appropriate thing to do because everything associated with this is going down in the history books. And so he, uh, you want it in writing, right? So he responded to her yesterday in writing uh, in which he, uh, this is a page-long letter signed by uh, Michael R. Pence, Vice President of the United States. It's addressed to the Honorable Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, says, Dear Madam Speaker, uh, every American was shocked and saddened by the attack on our nation's capital last week. And I am grateful for the leadership that you and other congressional leaders provided in reconvening Congress to complete the people's business on the very same day. It was a moment that demonstrated to the American people the unity that is still possible in Congress when it's needed most. Second paragraph. By now, but now, but now, with just eight days left in the president's term, you and the Democratic caucus are demanding that the cabinet and I invoke the 25th Amendment. I do not believe that such a course of action is in the best interest of our nation or consistent with our Constitution. Last week, I did not yield to pressure to exert power beyond my constitutional authority to determine the outcome of the election. And I will not now yield to efforts in the House of Representatives to play political games at a time so serious in the life of our nation. Now, there's two uh, further uh, paragraphs, and then... Uh, in, uh, the last paragraph begins with this. I urge you and every member of Congress to avoid actions that would further divide and inflame the passions of the moment. Work with us to lower the temperature and unite our country as we prepare to inaugurate President-elect Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. And then a couple other words, and he concludes. Well, of course, she has no intention of uh, doing anything other than taking actions that will divide and inflame. She has no intention whatsoever of lowering the temperature or uniting the country. And by the way, neither does the president-elect Joe Biden as not one thing he has said uh, since November 3rd has been unifying in word or tone. So uh, nevertheless, so the first thing that happened was this demand was made and the vice president refused. Then, of course, she then comes out and starts this impeachment effort. She and the Democratic uh, House once again impeach the president. For the second time, as I said, there's an entire transcript, full transcript, that exists that will exonerate the president. By the way, I, I also think this is the first time in history uh, that a president has been impeached when there were no hearings that preceded the drawing up of articles of impeachment. 
In other words, there are no inquiry into the events, no investigation into this, the events to air what it is that actually happened and the various uh, findings and investigative uh, results. No, this was a two-hour rush to judgment. Amazing. That, too, will be in the history books. Now, I guess it's this point, at this point, 20 minutes into this, that I should, uh, in full transparency, tell you that I didn't watch a minute of this. <laughs> no, I would not lend my presence to the ratings uh, of this uh, disgraceful exercise. So, but I have kept up uh, basically with news reports and those kind of things and a, and a couple clips here or there. And, uh, and what I have learned is that uh, there are at least a couple of congressmen on our team that actually have a backbone and uh, can actually tell it like it is. And one of those is Matt Gates, my fellow Floridian, and specifically a Floridian from the Panhandle, my brother. All right, so Matt Gates, Matt Gates, he took it to him today. So uh, here, <laughs> as we begin to, to land this thing, listen to this couple minutes, uh, this fiery, uh, so to speak, excerpt from Matt Gates on the, the floor of the, of the Congress today. <laughs> listen to this. Impeachment is an itch that doesn't go away with just one scratch. It also seems that President Trump may be most likely to be impeached when he is correct. Before the last presidential impeachment, President Trump rightly pointed out the improper activities of the Biden crime family, and subsequently he's been proven right. And don't think for a moment, Madam Speaker, that we're going to drop that or stop our pursuit for the truth. Before that, we had the Russia hoax, where you had the president rightly making claims that Hillary Clinton and the DNC were colluding with Russians to disorient our democracy how right he turned out to be. And then we have the 2020 presidential election where the president correctly pointed out unconstitutional behavior, voting irregularities, concerns over tabulations, dead people voting, and now impeachment again. When they go low, we kick them. Eric Holder, former attorney general under Barack Obama, breaching the Capitol was as low as low can be. We all denounce it. But who is it that they're kicking? The president, who created soaring highs for our economy, rising wages before the pandemic, 400 miles of wall to stop the caravans, who drew down troops in the Middle East and showed empathy for the forgotten men and women of our country. It's why so many people love him so much, and it's why they're kicking all of us. This president has faced unprecedented hatred and resistance from big media, big tech, and big egos from congressional leaders on both sides of the aisle. Before the rioters tore through that glass, Speaker Pelosi stood at that rostrum and tore through the president's State of the Union speech, inciting anger, resentment, division. Some believe that truly these true colors are being shown now through this divisive partisan impeachment. The Speaker of the House, I would request an additional 40 seconds. Excuse, excuse, go through the speaker, please. The gentleman from Ohio. Madam Speaker, I yield the gentleman an additional 40 seconds. The, uh, 40 four seconds. seconds or 40 seconds? Yep, 40 seconds. 
45 seconds. I thank the gentleman. The speaker said to us just moments ago, words matter. But apparently those words don't matter when they're uttered by Democrats. When the gentlelady from Massachusetts calls for unrest in the streets, when the gentlelady from California brazenly brags that she called for people to get in the faces of those who serve and support the president. I denounced political violence from all ends of the spectrum, but make no mistake, the left in America has incited far more political violence than the right. For months, our cities burned, police stations burned, our businesses were shattered, and they said nothing. Or they cheer-led for it, and they fundraised for it, and they allowed it to happen in the greatest country in the world. Now, some have cited, some have cited the metaphor that the president lit the flame. Well, they lit actual flames, actual fires, and we Time put them out. Expired. There will be order in the house. I yield back. Oh my goodness! Did you hear them? They were freaked. Oh my goodness! Wow. There's nothing like holding up that mirror. <laughs> Wow, Matt Gates. Woo. Oh, man. Well, uh, nevertheless, he was uh, impeached in the uh, Democrat majority House today. And what happens next? Well, as you know, it ends up being reported to the, to the Senate, and that's where a trial would take place. And uh, majority leader, current majority leader Mitch McConnell, uh, has said that in the regular order of business, the first time they could receive that report is on the 19th, 19th, meaning the trial, the first day the trial could exist and I think is required to exist, I think, I'm not sure. Um, I know that once the trial begins, they have to go in an unbroken way, but I'm not sure if it has to be the day after it's reported. But if, it, if that's the case, it literally would begin the day of the inauguration. But uh, some are saying that uh, there's the report and then it can be held and tried at another time. In fact, some are saying that the, the Democrats may hold it uh, away and let Biden have his first 100 days and then come back to the impeachment. I doubt that's the way it happens because uh, I just doubt that's how it happens. So anyway, first of all, because Schumer is so itching. Remember, he will be the majority leader uh, after that. And then anyway, so uh, we'll see how all that transpires. So some are asking, well, what do you do now? What do you do now? Well, I, 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 would, I would just encourage uh, three things. Number one, start every day with scripture and prayer, right? Start every day because you're grounding yourself in truth and you're, you're connecting with the one who loves you and is going to walk with you right? No matter if the sun is shining, it's the darkest night, he's still going to be there, and you're connecting with him in prayer. Uh, number two, I think now more than ever, and I heard a rabbi say this today, and I think it just resonated with me as true, and that is I think now more than ever, you have to know what you believe. You have to reinforce what you believe. If You have to rehearse it if you need to. Just think back through it. Um, not, not, I'm not talking about what you believe about the events of last Wednesday. I'm talking about what you believe at the core level about, about America, what America should be, and also about your faith. Very important that you understand what you believe about America and its values and this Constitution, what, what should happen, what America should be like. And number two, what your faith is anchored in. And, that, and where it's anchored, and that it needs to be anchored in the text of Scripture, 
uh, and in your relationship with the Lord and not in whether this event or that event happens or doesn't happen. And last, don't be afraid to tell the truth. Now, do so in a tactful way, in a, in a, in a way that's, that has wisdom to it. Um, but we can't back away from the facts because I think that's exactly their whole point is to like silence all, all facts. In fact, today when I'm told anytime somebody began to bring up facts that were on, on our side, the other side began booing or hissing or talking over them. The gavel began to bang. Anything to obstruct being able to hear the facts that were on our side. They don't want our facts heard. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid uh, to speak the truth in love. All right, guys. God bless you guys. Um, I've contemplated coming back even tomorrow, but I I think it'll probably be on uh, Friday that we'll come back for VU 62. By the way, we've crashed up over now 2,500 listens. Thanks so much for what you're doing. Like, share, do whatever it is you do in podcast world. And uh, know that you're appreciated. God bless you guys, and uh, I will see you back on Friday.